Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. You know, I, I really don't care. You know, theology can't get it right. When was he born? What, what's this all about? This is all hallmark fluff, but the Israelites had these things that they called memorial stones, and they feasted at these uh, m- moments that Yahweh moved so powerfully in their, in their lives, and they always returned back to these moments. And they just reminded themselves of the goodness of Yahweh. So I don't really care what your theology is about when he was born. Or <sighs> he was born. And I am moved this morning. I'm just, there's a weight in this time. And if you think about all across the world, that story, if you just think about all across the world at this point in time, all across this nation, people that believe and people that don't believe have his praise on their lips. There's glory in this season. There's glory in this moment. There's glory in this holiday. And uh, and I just I'm just moved this morning because well, just because (laughs) I'm thankful. You know, I, this is my absolute favorite time of year, really. It really is. Just the, the holiday, I love all of it. I love the lights. I love the Christmas trees. I love the, the kids and the joy and the giving and the happiness and the family and all of those things that surround it. I even like Santa Claus, okay? I said it. it, it it's, it's, a, it's a really just amazing time. And I, I remember being a kid um, and, and just, it's like you, you're counting down the days for school to be out. And then once school's out, to me, there was another countdown. And that was how many church services do we have left until the home stretch of Christmas. I really was getting the point of the whole thing. And, but I remember being a kid and just like willing the, whoever was speaking or singing at the time, like, all right, and amen, amen. There's something about that home stretch, and um, but I've I've I have this week, and probably the reason I'm I'm so moved this morning is I have this week just kind of tilled the ground by going back and reminding myself of the stories and the man. If you haven't done it, just go back and read not just his birth, but just the from the birth to before when the when the angel approaches Mary. And the things he says and the state her heart was in in the moment, and it's not just a matter of, well, you know, I'm going to be ridiculed and all that stuff. Like, she was in fear of just the presence and the, the weight of the moment. And still she had the ability to say yes and to recognize that it's not her will, but his will. That it's bigger than her. 
And, and, then, and then Zechariah and Elizabeth and John and naming their son, breaking tradition because they needed to make way for something new to take place so that he can make way for something new to, make, to, to take place. There's so much, so much there. And I just reminded myself this week and just read those things and I'd encourage you, I encourage you to, to go do that and to, and to just, just rem- remember, remind yourself. I've, I've been talking so much about uh, camping out, you know, camping out in the word that he gives us, camping out in the revelations that he gives us, not just moving on to the next word, because if it's, if it's me up here speaking, if that's all it is, if I'm giving you some inspirational speeches, let's just move on to the next inspirational speech, for, for sure, like I'm with you on that. But if it's his word, if, if, he, if, he is, if he has anointed people in here and anointed me to, to speak to this family and to, give, and to give some guidance as a family and to give direction or just to speak through me, then in that, I don't want to move on to the next thing because it ain't about me and it's not about quoting me and it's not about saying, well, that was a good old service. I mean, what a great Christmas service. Like, if there's someone with hopelessness that is, is, is dying on the inside, we can just be all joyful all we want. But if that's not dealt with, then there's no point. And this is absolutely the marrow this morning to, to give you a taste of something wild that just puts in you a desire to go get your own, to go get some more, to seek him. And so I'd love this morning, more than anything, to just give a good old Christmas message. I really would. And there's so much there that I could. Uh, but, but in the beginning of this thing, I made a promise to myself and a promise to Yahweh. And this ain't about me. And every time I walk out of my office, every time I sit down with a pen, I say, whatever, however, and Whenever. And I subject my heart to the guidance of Holy Spirit. And he messes everything up. (laughs) He really does. And uh, so everything that I had, it changed this morning. It changed last night. It changed again this morning. And And it's just continually changing. And so... If this is a little wild and doesn't leave you, you know, feeling the joy of Christmas, then we've got candy canes and hot chocolate in the back, some cookies, gnaw on one of those and you'll be fine. But it's out of the abundance, out of what's in my heart that my mouth speaks. And I'm going to tell you this week, it's been tough. My heart my heart people say this time of year is the most joyful and most depressing time of year because it was such a pinnacle moment after the entire year you recognize loss and you recognize disappointment sometimes it's impossible not to recognize those things change, people you wish were still here, things that you believe for that didn't pan out, recognition of you're not quite where you want to be, whatever it might be, 
all of those things seem to flood and try to take the place and, ta- and, and, and pull out, uh, take away from the joy and the happiness and family of this time and what it's supposed to be. It's just about impossible to excuse that. And, uh, and so I hope that this morning, I, I'm just in process, and I say this a lot, but I'm processing this too. This isn't something I have figured out. This might be everywhere, and we might leave with more questions than answers. But just, I just, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you speak to the heart of people in whatever you want to do here. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be all put together for me to feel good that I gave a good sermon on Christmas, but just your will, Yahweh. And there's this little girl. And most of you might not know about this girl uh, because you might have been wrapped up in the circus of little children fighting in Washington, which I... I don't mean to belittle that, but I do mean to belittle it under what is a a bigger issue right now. There's this girl. Her name's Olive. And some of you might have read this, and some of you might have followed this, and some of you might have known this, but this is this beautiful two-year-old girl. And I've had people close to me that have brought this up to me. And I'll be honest with you, I've, I mean, my wife has been really impacted by this story. Others have brought this up to me, and I just have not really said anything about it. Because I've been really processing, and if you know me, I talk about everything. If I have an issue with myself, something going on, I usually just got to talk it out. I'm like my son Frank in that, and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, getting my payback these days. Um. But there's some things sometimes that are so deep within me that I don't really know why I'm reacting the way I'm reacting. And I don't really know what's going on. And it's so important in those moments that we take that to Yeshua, that we take that to Yahweh, that we allow Holy Spirit to mend some things. And so this story of, of, of this girl, she, uh, she is the daughter of, of two um, worship leaders at a, a church in Reading called Bethel, which is by all means, a megachurch, except for the fact that it's not the typical megachurch that just says, let's have a good program, let's get everybody in the door and get them back out and just cattle in, cattle out. It's not that kind of thing. It's a true move of faith, a true move that people, if you, if you listen to the pastor who I reference a lot, Bill Johnson, he almost might remind you of Apostle Ball in some ways. Um, but there's, he, he's got such a way in, in that people is so built on faith and it's what a lot of churches, the modern day kind of uh, hipster church tries to model this, this heart of worship that they have. But the thing is, is there was something that was birthed out of wild game and authenticity and the real thing that you cannot replicate in a matter of moments. And they've walked through this thing and Yahweh has guided them through this thing and they've become this just powerhouse of faith and, and worship there. And, 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 uh, and, and it's, it's amazing. And it's all around the world, this place. And so these, these, uh, these worship leaders uh, have, this, have this sweet, sweet baby girl, Olive, who this week stopped breathing. She just stopped breathing. They don't have an explanation, but she's just... And this time, around family and everything else, with these people that are so faithful, and she just stopped breathing. And, uh, and these people 
decided to practice what they preach and stand firm in their faith. And they asked for a prayer. And it wasn't just y'all pray for our hearts. They prayed for resurrection of this girl. And if you're a big, huge, mega movement in a church, I'm going to tell you right now how hard it would be to stay so tender and so sensitive to the move of Holy Spirit that you would allow these people to really publicize this thing. Yeah, you, you, we would say, oh, well, we would get behind them and all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to tell you that most big old churches out there would say, let's pull this into a room. Let's talk about this. Let's pray together. And then let's have our normal Sunday service. Let's have our normal wins. But no, the, the church there, the family, the kingdom group got around them and they believed the same thing. And there were people that came from around the world and gathered in a building and worshiped Yahweh and believed that Olive would wake up. risking it all, their faith put out there. I mean, they got ridiculed. They talked about, people were talking about, you're, you're messing with the sovereignty of Yahweh. You're messing with, with these people's emotions. You're playing games. You can't do this. This is fake. And, and, and the pastor humbly, humbly just said, you know what? I don't know, but I know that this is the word Yahweh has spoken. I know that he said that we are to raise the dead, that we are to heal the sick, that we are to cleanse the leper, that we are to cast out demons, that these should be things of the kingdom. And I don't know how you reconcile all that in your own world, but I've been processing this so hard in my world. Because Olive did not wake up, and they they just recently changed their prayers from prayers of faith and belief that she would wake up to uh, rejoicing in her life, the little two years that she had here in the natural. I can't imagine. I can't imagine those parents. My little Leo's too. And all the pictures you see is her with her little passy and Again, there's hot chocolate and candy canes in the back. <sighs> but I've, I've gone through this heart process, and I, it does not escape me either that the two weeks leading up to this situation, I was speaking on Elijah and Elisha and their intercession raising children from the dead. And it takes times like this, moments like this, things that really impact you. I, don't, I mean, even if, if you are praying for something lesser, like the impeachment thing and all, and the things didn't happen the way you think they should, all that kind of stuff, I hope that seems a little less to you right now. But in, in, all, in all things, in disappointment, in loss, in, in things not being how you think they should be, there is, there is such a call for the kingdom person to guard your heart. These are the moments that faith, your faith is really, te- it's not, not even tested. It's just, it's almost like there's a revealing. And it's okay. Those, that's okay. A revealing of where your heart is. To say, man, I, I believed 
why would this happen? I mean, and, and if you're not careful, this is where fear and doubt and unbelief start to set in because you say, all of these people from all around the world who believed for Olive to wake up and she didn't, how do we make sense of that for people? And I don't have the answer for that. And anybody that tells you that they do is wrong. But I do know that the will of Yahweh for our lives is this. Rejoice always. Pray continually. And be thankful in all circumstance. For this is the will of Yahweh for our lives. And if there is not an answer that we thought should happen. And that we have to just, we can't understand. That's okay. But it's important that we don't gloss over it. It's important that we don't just take those things. Put them to the side. Act like they didn't happen. And say, well, okay. But these are things we take to Yahweh. These are things that we go and make in exchange with Yahweh because his promises are true and he is good and he did not kill that little girl and he did not say no to her healing and this is a journey and we might have to be the builders for another generation to be the abiders and we're going to see some breakthrough and we're going to see some disappointments and it's so important and vital in this time that above all else we guard our hearts and minds. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in all things, in everything, in every doubt, in every worry, in every disappointment, in all things, right? See, it's so easy to to quote these things when it's not face-to-face with circumstance. Our hope is not absent of circumstances. The reason we have the hope, the tikva, that's attached by a cord to Yahweh, that everything, our hope and everything is in Him, the reason we have that is because here on earth, we're going for on earth as it is in heaven, and there are circumstances and there are things out of our control at this moment on earth. And my hope is in him, not absent of, of bad things taking place. But men, what about a people that know how to mourn, but not as those that have no hope? So the Bible tells us that we, we are to mourn. It's okay to process things, but not as those who have no hope. Because what this world and what this, this earth needs is people like those people in Bethel that willing to put everything out there because this is the truth. This is what is supposed to happen. And I can't reconcile it. I can't prove it to you, but that's not my goal. My goal is that at the end of this process, my heart was so guarded because I took this to Yahweh, not in accusing, but to say, Yahweh, I don't quite understand. And you know what? He says there's a peace that passes understanding. So I'm not coming in to try, Yahweh, why is Olive not here today? Why didn't things play out the way that we prayed for and that we believed? Why am I where I'm at right here at this moment? It's not about understanding. And we have to free ourselves from the understanding so that the next time disappointment starts to creep up or that some kind of doubt comes up, that we start to let the peace that has passed all understanding reset us 
reset us, the thrill of hope. And I just hear, heard that this morning, seeing those kids. I mean, one of my the songs that speak to me so much right now is this song, and, I, and I'm probably going to forget the words now, but it, it's, uh, it says, take me back, back to the beginning, when I was young, running through the fields with you. Man, that just gets me because I just think about these little kids and they don't have to work the disappointment. He calls us to be child, to enter in, to receive the kingdom like a child, like nothing ever happened. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. Doesn't change based on what just happened. And sometimes in our biggest disappointments, our response makes way for the biggest breakthrough. Things that, things that didn't work out before, us going and guarding our hearts and giving that to Yahweh and making an exchange with him and saying, in all things, you're good. You are a healer. You are a redeemer. You are a resurrector. And I am that because I died one day when you came alive in me. And all of those things are attributes of the kingdom. And we, we make excuses all the time when things don't work out. And we go back to that scripture of, you know, well, you, uh, you, you might have done mighty works and signs and wonders, uh, but it wasn't, uh, but you never, in my name, but you never knew me. Right? We do that. And we say, well, it's not about signs and wonders and miracles. But that's an excuse. It's all about knowing him. And it's all about taking things like this to his heart. But these are secondary consequences of walking as a kingdom son. And people were healed when Yeshua came in contact with them. And people have been healed today. But how quickly when some kind of circumstance happens, we go right back to uh, doubt, uh, fear. And I have processed this this week. It has touched me, it has moved me, as you can tell. And I have, I have, I just, I just feel that, that that heart of intercession has not changed. And now it's switched to interceding for them and those people and their hearts. And that, not, see, they, see that family interceded as if they were, the, they were those parents. It's not just those parents that are hurting today. That family hurts today. And I mean Bethel. I mean Pastor Bill Johnson and all these people, they hurt today. And I, and I just intercede for them. And I just stand on their behalf and I, and I, and I pray for them. And that's, that's where my heart is this morning. But I just, I, 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 uh, I'll tell you where Yahweh has taken me in this. This is what I've been reading this week. I've been reading about Yeshua's birth for sure, and that is just powerful and a reminder. But man, this the Psalm of David in Psalms 27 says, 27 verse 13 says this. It is, it's famous and it is, you know this, whenever I read it, you'll know it, but it's just, it's such, again, this, this, morning, I, this morning and today, I just feel like Yahweh is reminding, not instructing. Is that okay? Like, that I don't just give you something new this morning, but that we just, 
we're just reminded of the goodness of Yahweh in all circumstances, in all things, in all situations. And if you're this morning missing someone or disappointed where certain things are or whether you're in joy and happiness and peace and everything's going great, whatever your situation right now, I just want us to stand and, and, and just say, oh, come let us adore him and how good you are, Yahweh. And we praise your name. And in all things that we rejoice and that we pray continually and that we are thankful. We are so thankful for where we are. But 27.13 says, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have lost heart. Can you identify with this in this setting? That I would, I could have lost heart in a moment like this. David is saying this. In the midst of everything he's walking through, I could, I could there's, there's a possibility, there's a choice where I could lose my heart where I can miss out on this. But I believed that I would see the goodness of Yahweh in this day, the land of the living. And then he goes on to say this, so wait on Yahweh, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on Yahweh. When you take things to him, when I have taken this to him, I... It's not this one and done, quick, get done with it, move on. It is okay to process with Yahweh, but it is so vital that we process with Yahweh. In this day and age, there are so many resources to quill that feeling, to, to, to move on to the next thing, to get the message you need to hear for that situation so that you can be okay. Whether that come through podcasts, whether that come through uh, reading books, whether that come from something that's not kingdom, whether it go, you're, you're talking about music or whatever it could be, something that's a resource to quill the feeling, the feeling that's in your heart that only he can cover and guard and, and, and mend and show you the truth. And there's a, there's, a, there's a part of this story in, uh, in 1 Kings uh, 17 where we've been re- we read about Elijah who, Elijah who, who interceded for the, the boy of the widow mother and that he took on her, uh, her hurt, her pain, gave that to Yahweh. We know this story. We, we, we've spoken about this. But there's a part before that that Yahweh kind of directed me to and pulled me in on this. And because I feel like in those moments, sometimes there is this avoidance thing. There is this like, I don't know, and I'm okay with that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to turn the other way, and I'm just not going to. Instead of bringing these things to, truly bringing these things to Yahweh. And I mean, get alone. Yeshua himself did this. In his days of trouble, in his difficult times, as a man, he modeled what we should be as a son, right? And it's, there's so many accounts of Yeshua escaping to the mountain, walking by the lake, getting away from the crowds, and just one-on-one with Yahweh. And I, and I, you know, maybe we're all really good about this, but I'm not all the time. And I just feel like it's so vital that we take these things, and I don't care if you lose sleep, I don't care if, it's, if you're up all night, I don't care what it might be, that we absolutely shut down some things sometimes and say, Yahweh, this is what it appears happened. 
this is how it looks to me. And this is how it feels to me. And I feel a little bit lost in this. And you stay. And wait on the Lord. And wait. Wait for the peace that passes understanding. Let it guard your heart and mind. Just wait. Be quiet sometimes. Get away sometimes. Speaking to the parents too, who it's not easy to do that. But find the time to get away with Yahweh. When you're in a time like this of remembrance, when you face some kind of disappointment, when there's some kind of hopelessness, whatever it might be, and if this isn't speaking to you, let me process this morning because he's speaking to me. Get away and wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. <clears throat> these big circumstances, these things have a way of, like I said, revealing kind of your heart's condition, but it also shows you what you're truly plugged into. If it's a resource or, or, or the source. And uh, Elijah, before he goes to the widow, before he's directed there, I want you to, I, I could just speak this and just say it, it's pretty short, but I just want you to see this real quick. So 17 verse 1, it says, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. So he's saying this to Ahab who is a, has done terrible things in the sight of Yahweh. It says he's, he's stirred Yahweh's heart to anger more than any other kings of Israel uh, combined. He is, he is not a good dude. And and uh, Elijah is, is not making him happy here. He's getting in his face and saying that there, there's going to be a drought in the land because I'm saying so, not because you said it. Because my God says it, not you. And here's Ahab, who's obviously an evil, wicked man, has all of the resources that he could send at Elijah in this moment. And this is just how I see this this morning. But I, the difference between verse 1 and verse 2, he makes this statement, and we don't see these gaps between here. But can you imagine Ahab with his whole group standing there, and then Elijah standing here and making a statement like that? If I was Elijah, I, I would be running as I said it. You know what I mean? Like I'd be boldly declaring as I sprinted as far as I could back into the desert. But it says, then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook of Cherith, 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 however you say it, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and he did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook of Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. You see that? You see the difference? Like, it doesn't say, and this might seem really small to you, but, but, but just track with me. Elijah did not move. If we're, if we're looking at the word of Yahweh and, and how this was written, there's, there's this nuance here that he did not run until Yahweh said, then the word of the Lord came to him saying. Happens again, just stay with me. 
Verse 6, the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Okay, so once again, there's a resource that Yahweh has provided. Yahweh has given to Elijah. And it starts to dry up. And this is, this is where I, this is me, okay? And, I'm, and I'm, this is my process, is that so many times I've plugged myself into a resource that Yahweh provided. And I've talked about grace here. And you don't leave until grace leaves. And you, and you don't go after something unless grace is on it for you. But there's this brook, and, he's, and he's, it's drying up. And it doesn't say that Elijah ran off. Verse 8 says, Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. From that story, from that situation, Elijah comes in contact with the widow who provides for him, and he ends up stepping into the story of intercession, which has really impacted this family here. We've talked about a lot. And I, and I feel like these circumstances come to the place where I, where I have realized Am I plugged into a resource? Is it a theology? Is it a word I've heard that makes me believe, or is it him? And do I still believe, in, in, if I speak these sermons about faith and about healing and about resurrection and intercession and all of these things, at the end of the day, when those things don't pan out, what is my word then? And I think it's good to be honest with yourself and use these moments to see those and to feel those and not to run from them, but be honest with yourself about them and be honest with Yahweh about this situation. Because it is all about, my friends, guarding that heart, guarding the inner man of who we are. Oh, man. This is... I'm going to... I'm going to... I don't want to go too far. I, I feel like I am saying what I need to say, but I don't want to try to, there's more here, but I, I don't want to just kind of try to keep going with something. But I'm just going to say this, because this is what has helped me in this situation. And this is where we need to be as a, as a company of people, that there is a place beyond seeing, and it's called trusting. And there's, there, you, you know the story of, the doubt, of doubting Thomas, as we call him, because he wanted to see, he couldn't believe when Yeshua was resurrected, he couldn't believe that he had come. And Yeshua comes to his disciples, and he, and he takes Thomas's hands. He sees the doubt in his eyes, and he says, touch here on my side. But then he makes this statement, which a lot of people see as a rebuke, but I see as a prophecy. He says, basically, you are blessed because you've seen but how much more will those be that are be blessed that have not seen but still believe? And people talk about blind faith in this derogatory sense, like you just have blind faith. I'm sorry, I don't know of another type of faith. It is blind, and it is, and it is true. And, I, and I, just, I feel this rally cry. I, 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 I've thought about Hananiah. Azariah and Mishael, which you might know as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and when they were faced with the fiery furnace, and Nebuchadnezzar is trying to get them to go in and step in uh, to, to what he believed they should do, which is to worship this idol he had created, they sat there and said, no, we're not doing that. And he said, okay, let's turn this fire up even hotter to the point that it killed his men, lit them on fire right there, disintegrated them right there, and he said, now you bow to this idol. And he said, listen, my God 
has the ability to deliver me from this. And he will. He can and he will. But if he doesn't, I still won't bow to that. And I'm feeling myself being awoken again this time in this, in, this, in this day. And I'm telling you, I do feel joy and I do feel hope. And I do, but I, you got to understand you've caught me in a time that I'm still in intercession for this family. And I, and I recognize that there is sometimes that we just need to be real and open and vulnerable to each other, right? Is that okay? And, uh, and, but I just, I just feel this call and I hope this speaks to some of you, but it speaks to me that he is a healer, that he is a deliverer. He resurrects. He resurrects. We resurrect. We have the ability within us to see the dead raised, to see the sick healed, to see cancer not exist. And every single time that we come to a place of disappointment, I just feel the need to just declare again He can and He will. And if he doesn't, I'm still not bowing to fear. Amen? Y'all stand with me. Hey, Ben, could we... uh, I just want all of us to stand in this and just kind of be here for just a moment. I want to sing. I I don't know if if you can do this by yourself or whoever wants to come up here, but I just want to sing, Oh, Come, Let Us Adore Him. Is that okay? Do we have that? And I just want us to just, just raise our hands and for a moment, remember, just shut off and just recognize, remember, remind yourself of the goodness of Yahweh in this time and all that he's done and where we were a year ago and where we are today. And let's just adore him. Let's just, let's just, let's just throw thanks to him, throw love and just honor Yahweh and honor Yeshua and honor what we get to abide in today. Amen. Just a couple minutes, and, I, and I'll say, while, before, before we get started, uh, I will forget to do this, and it's not something I want to forget. Um, we have February 15th and 16th, please mark down on your calendars. February 15th and 16th, I will be announcing this a lot, but Apostle Damon Thompson and his whole crew is going to be here. It's a Saturday night and a Sunday morning. And uh, it might not, because it's a weird thing, right? Because like, I'm really, really connected to him. And a lot of you know him. You're just going to have to take my word for it on this, that he has honored this house. And he is such a father figure to me in the kingdom and in this whole thing. And a lot of the revelation that I get is a secondary thing from what he's, he's walked in. It's, it's, he's allowed me to step in and have permission for some of these things that I'm releasing. And I want you to come. I want you to bring money. I want to honor him in every way and the people that come with him. And I just want you to be here present and excited and and it's going to be a great time i don't know that we'll be able to fit all in here we might have to go next door i'm not sure but it's going to be a great thing and it's just i i I believe it's a it's a it's a marked time in this house and you need to be here good real quick also i want to make just say this real quick because i have it down here and i think it's important I believe that the people of this house, this is towards the end of the year, and I just want to quickly recognize and thank everybody here, first off, just for your faithfulness to, to this house and to this family and all that, all that we are. It's, we're, 
this is a cool people. This is just a cool move that Yahweh's doing here, and it's just getting better, and I'm so thankful to be a part. But I want to thank the people that have, uh, that have led the children's ministry next door. I just feel like people here are redefining what faithfulness means. It's not about serving as much as it is about being full of faith of what Yahweh's doing in this family and how can I be a part in any way, shape, or form. And so there's, there's Regina and Renee who, my gosh, they're amazing. And those kids love them. My, my kids talk about them all the time. My mom, who has literally, like, she's got my, does she have Mila right now? She's always trying to, use, like, with my kids, it would be just about impossible for me to be in the flow of the Spirit if someone <laughs> didn't come and take them sometimes. So I just thank her for just what she does for us. And then all of the volunteers that have come in and don't complain about it. There's just been a shift because we've had it before where it was kind of like, Oh, crap. Got to watch the kids. And now it's not. It's like such a good, cool move. And people um, are just teaching our kids in all kinds of ways. And it's just great. Um, And I want to thank the musicians and singers. You guys are incredible. We've made a shift recently from just Regina and Ben, which was awesome and incredible and amazing glory to bring in people like Buddy and Henry and Marlene and Jeff. And, uh, and it's just an incredible sound for our little space here. It's, and it's not, it, I, I say this a lot, but it's not just a sound, it's a heart. And I love it. And I'm so thankful for it. Um, and so uh, that is not done without Bill and uh, Jeff and Derek and all that they do. Joanne also with the, with the songs. Thank you all so much. Thank Zach Sanchez because he has been a man that came up to me after uh, I got into this position and he said to me, I want to help you build whatever you need to build. I want to help you do whatever you need to do. And having a man of the caliber of Zach Sanchez who's doing the great things and as busy as he is to just, I don't care if it's hand, me handing me the, the tithe and offering. Zach's far above that. But, he does, but he's, he's such a faithful friend and brother, and I love him. I'm, I'm so thankful for him. And, uh, and, and so I just thank all of you. I could go on forever, but I'm thankful for this year, and I'm thankful for all Yahweh has done. And I'm full of joy and full of hope, a joy-filled expectation for good. Amen? Amen. All right, let's just sing this for a couple minutes. Merry oh, Christmas. Come let us adore. Yahweh, we honor you today. We honor you in this season, and we just remember, we remember, we're reminded of your goodness today, Yahweh. And we speak and stand in the gap for, uh, for the parents and for the family at, there at Bethel. And just ask, ask that you bless them in miraculous, incredible ways for their faithfulness, that there has been a new, a new precedent set for the kingdom a new way to respond to death. We're called to be the light in the darkness, Yahweh. And we just ask that you just keep adding to them and keep blessing them and keep letting their faith build. And we wrap your wraparound love, your wraparound presence around those parents in this season and and just ask that you bless them and heal their hearts. Let the peace that passes all understanding guard them, Yahweh. And I ask that you bless every person here. Let this be the greatest Christmas season for them. Let them just have a great time with family and friends and, and, and whatever it might be, Yahweh. Just give your peace and your joy and, and your love to them this season, Yahweh. We love you and we thank you. Amen.
Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.